0: The Final Fantasy Wiki Podcast is brought to you by The Phantom Train. Do you want to travel in unspeakable horror and misery? Just fly then. But if you want to be terrified on the ground, we are selling tickets now to your final destination. Customers are reminded do not suplex a moving vehicle. Good evening, welcome to the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast. This is the official podcast of the Final Fantasy Wiki. That is a wiki about Final Fantasy. I think everyone understands what those terms is are. It's the
1: correct. wiki about Final Fantasy. It's except the... Except no other substitutes.
0: Yes, it is the only and greatest wiki. All other wikis are inferior and false and full of uh, devious demons that will steal your soul. Not our wiki. Our wiki is quite good and comprehensive in many ways.
2: The the demons just put really annoying ads on it yes we,
0: we get we get a lot we of we are ads. now gonna be
1: sued by so many people who are like what are you on about my wiki doesn't have ghosts in it where did this shit come from
0: yeah our wiki is haunted by uh bad business decisions and the curse of the modern internet and the <sighs> just terrible terrible industry based around seo farming uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, my name is Blood Highwind, and I'm your host for tonight's Woo-hoo! scary episode. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, you need a spooky nickname. I didn't tell you before we started. Shit. Yeah. So, oh. um, so think of one right now. Bah. Uh, um. Uh, some blood color mage how's that
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and techno blood iterator yeah let's, let's go with that man i mean anything yeah. i could have come up with would have been way like just as bad as that so let's go with that
0: yeah there we go we need our simpsons treehouse of horror horror puns ready to go right hey yeah so uh this month is um Kind of an off month as Final Fantasy things go, like there wasn't a yep. big release and there was a bit of news, mostly Final Fantasy fourteen. So uh, I'm gonna let uh, some blood color mage take care of that. I, I'm, we're not gonna, i'm we're we don't need to keep up the horror nickname things.
1: No, <laughs> we don't,
0: we don't oh, need blood color. Yeah, blood color. If it's color. still
1: blood color, what blood colors are there other than red?
0: Uh, there's You're not. <laughs> there's brown. Because blood congeals very quickly and turns kind of a yeah. ruddy brown. Yeah, I guess. Also blue. Like, so,
2: so honestly, not much different from usual.
0: Yeah, you can be blue blooded if you're in the anime Rosaphon.
2: <laughs>
0: there's a whole uh, there's a whole racial thing going on with that. Uh, so like
2: on the, and honestly, you know, with like Japanese works so that don't want the highest rating, there's a whole rainbow of blood out there that they'll change it to just to oh, make yes. sure they don't get the Z rating
0: yeah I, I, they would do that on uh, on anime like on Toonami and stuff sometimes they would have green blood which was interesting yeah. it was like when Dragon I Ball Z I just mainly was... think
2: of uh, of uh, romper where everyone bleeds Pepto-Bismol
0: yeah 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 or like in Dragon Ball Z's original release they wouldn't say they'd ever kill anybody they'd say <laughs> you're going to another dimension which
1: yeah aren't... it's like they do that they do that in Avatar as well, where it's like, I'll make sure your destiny ends right there, instead of just saying, "I'll oh, fuck you up, bitch. Like, they don't, they can't say, I'll kill you. They have to have some, like, euphemism for it.
0: Our, uh, oh, oh, the original NES, well, Super Nintendo release of, uh, Mortal Kombat replaced the blood with sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah so I remember that. which is honestly grosser in some ways but probably more accurate i um i i did a 5k today and i sweated a lot because it's very humid at the gym because it's 80 degrees today in new jersey in late october
1: yes which for the non-americans means 26 degrees
0: no it's like 30 or something at that point i think
1: right yeah you might be you might be right let me look it up
0: some color mage you're you're the smart one here how much how much f is oh wait how many
2: c's is 80 f uh, uh let's see uh okay so i think 80 fahrenheit is about 27 celsius
0: all right so techno techno obliterator was correct and i was wrong ooh. I think it's going to go down to like 16C tomorrow. So everything's returning to normal, but we had some weird thing. Uh, So uh, as you might have noticed, this is not an episode where we have a ton to cover and need to do it very quickly because not a lot happened in the world of Final Fantasy.
1: No, not in the world of Final Fantasy, but in the world of gaming has been a pretty big month.
0: You know, I haven't played a video game this entire month.
1: Oh, I played the biggest release of this entire month. Alan Wake Two. And yeah, <laughs> i wait, which which game? Alan Wake Two. Oh, I didn't play that. I don't know what that is. Um, what you don't know? <laughs> oh what Alan... yeah, I know. I know Alan Wake. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I I haven't played it though. Okay.
0: Uh, that. Yeah, that's the new Alan Wake game from Remedy Entertainment. You are talking about uh, mm. Marvel's Spider-Man 2, of course. Is your big game? Of the I start.
1: am, which I run the wiki for, and I have just platinum the game. And um, you platinum it is. I've platinum the game. I have a hundred percented it. Yeah, it is very very good. I'll give it a solid eight and a half out of ten.
2: But you did, to... did you experience, uh, what did that one tweet say, uh, 19, 19 inches
1: of venom? Inches of Ven- <laughs> 19 inches of venom. I didn't get the collector's edition, so no. <laughs> 19 inches of venom? <laughs> so there was this yeah. thing, right? You know how the, for Final Fantasy collector's edition, you'll get like a statue of Saffiroth or like yeah. a statue of Cloud, right? They did a statue of venom, right? And they said, Order the collector's edition, and you will get 19 inches of venom. And what they mean, <laughs> of course, is you're gonna get a 19 inch statue that is venom. But the way they phrased it was like,
2: "Yeah, excuse me, got a foot and a half long
1: down there, huh? Right? It's like what?
0: So, so it's like <laughs> the, uh, all right, so it's like the first album from legendary Canadian rapper One Hit Wonder Snow." and his album was called 12 Inches (laughs) of Snow which uh, you may not get it but that's a dick joke you're you're a big fan of uh, Canadian reggae from white people right? from the early 90s techno uh, he has uh, very specific yeah techno I believe Snow has surpassed uh, Tupac
1: Oh. Yes. Oh, maybe.
0: Maybe. Maybe, I mean, you got me there. It's possible. I mean, uh, Tupac, Tupac, we don't know how many inches, but maybe as many maybe as few as only 11, which means
1: snow has one more. Well, well, most rappers have made like very dubious claims about how many inches they've got. Uh, I don't think Tupac was one of those who did. But. <laughs> um, we continue. Yeah, so continue to so yeah to be continued direction. yeah uh, yeah so, so
0: let, let's hit abort on this conversation and find a new one
1: no so here, here's something interesting on the spider-man 2 thing right yes. you know so okay. as okay. someone who didn't i didn't play final fantasy 16 right but i wonder if there are some comparisons that can be drawn from the way that people talk about spider-man 2 versus how people talk about final fantasy 16. So both of these games, when they released, they were really critically acclaimed to the point where Spider-Man 2 actually has the highest rating of any game by Insomniac Games since Ratchet & Clank Up Your Arsenal which came out in like 2004 That's that's, the third Ratchet & Clank That's That's also a dirty pun I just figured. Oh that yeah, out. I, all, I all, just, the, just... all the all the Russian clank games. Insomniac's but, very uh, good at
2: that. It turns out. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, like, so ever s- so, this is their highest rated game since then. And when it came out, it was like really, you know, people obviously had their critiques of it, but it was really like critically acclaimed. And then since it released, like, I feel like among the fan reception, I don't want to say it's like super divisive because the most quote unquote scathing fan review i ever saw still ended with the caveat of yeah you know i still really like it i still give it eight out of ten i'm still really excited for the next one right but even still people had a lot of criticisms of certain decisions that they made with the story in some cases comparing it unfavorably to the first game you know and the first like, ever spider-man
0: but... game on the uh, on the atari 2600
1: Not that one but Yeah, I I meant the ps4 one but to that point some people have compared this venom to the ps1 spider-man game from fucking ages ago right, but um I I think I think it's interesting because I see a lot of parallels in how this game was received versus how Final Fantasy 16 was received where there was a lot of hype going into it and these games were both like critical darlings at the time but there was definitely some some feedback, which still erred on the side of I still like it, but it was a lot more. I guess there was a lot. I, I would say like the fans don't necessarily agree with the critics on the rating being as high as it was. So, okay, so... you know, as as the two people have played sixteen, I'd be curious to know what your like what your thoughts were would be on that like because again i didn't play it
0: on how discourse around the game changes over the course of yeah, six yeah. weeks all right i, I do have thoughts yeah, yeah. on this which is um reviews are not the end-all be-all of a game's discourse literally a hmm. day one review is a consumer like i mean it, it serves a few functions but the main function it serves is consumer like is this actually a good product Like, it is consumer advice. Uh, You can write many other types of reviews. Like, I prefer to write reviews, like, weeks after the game launched because I find that to be not the most terribly interesting question to answer as a writer because, like, 16, yeah, I think it's a functional product and I I would recommend it as somebody who just wants, like, a fun action game. It succeeds in those places. There are probably better options out there so um when a game hits like a few weeks later and then you know you have the specific people who are like all right i've already found that this game fits the bare minimums of what a good functional product is why do i suddenly feel hollow and then you start rethinking certain things and you know that's interesting it's kind of the issue of on day one hype is there the review scores happen this is all part of a marketing engine and all that things there but just because a game or a movie or a book or anything else gets really really high scores and a lot of hype initially does not mean that it has the tail and is going to last through the year through the month let alone 600 years from now will anyone be talking about spider-man 2 or final fantasy 16
1: right that's that's interesting yeah yeah um, I like that perspective. So um I think a good point of comparison on the subject would be, you know, if you think about the most recent new game before that, so I'm not counting seven remake because seven remake I feel like over time is still talked about a whole lot and has still there's still a huge amount of discourse around it. But if you think about if you compare Final Fantasy 15, And, for example, Miles Morales, where they almost had the exact opposite story, you know. Final Fantasy XV, when it came out, was talked about a lot and had quite a big impact, definitely among the Final Fantasy community. I don't know how switched on I was to, like, the broader gaming community back then, but it definitely was talked about a hell of a lot. And these days, as time has gone on, I hear less and less about it like it has its core fan base who still love it and they still will defend it to the death and they still praise it but over time i hear more people talking about 13 than i do about 15 whereas miles morales was oh sorry if you wanted to interject go ahead
2: uh yeah i mean like i i'm not sure about the situation miles morales but part of this is that it comes in cycles uh, another part of this is that to you know, fifteen dev team, uh, Luminous Studio, effectively fucked themselves over in regards to post-launch, uh, yeah. post-launch opinion on the game. Uh, it's very rare to see something get focus tested to death after it's been released. They managed to pull that off. Mm. Um, I don't um, know, uh, but like,
0: I'm oh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, continue. But
2: also like. Yeah, 13 would obviously be coming back because, I mean, 13 is te- like the early PS3 360. That's technically retro now. So it's starting to, so you know, older stuff starts to come back up.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, that was that was bad. what I was going to say, some kind of major that I think time is very important in these things too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what I was going to say was Mars Morales is like the opposite situation of. of 15, it really where when Mars Morales came out, the reaction to it was very muted, right? And you can say to an extent that was probably because not many people had PS5s back then, which I think is true, right? But Mars Morales, when it came out, there wasn't a huge, it didn't make a huge splash, you know. People generally were just like, eh, it's alright, you know, it got its eight, seven out of tens, it had its you know, it had good a good enough response to it, but it wasn't
2: that That, that seems about right. I mean yeah. I haven't gone back to reevaluate it, but from what I saw of what I of what I've done of it, it seems like, you know the kind of thing you'd expect from, from a good launch title, you know, it's something yeah. that is a pretty decent game but not exactly groundbreaking
1: exactly exactly and that's how it was received at the time but as time has gone on you know you see it continue to topple these charts for sales you see it get talked about a lot more favorably now and people remember it a lot more fondly it's interesting because like this like how Mars morales has been received over time since is how i thought 16 was going to be received like i thought 16 was going to be one of those that had like a fairly muted response at the time but then over time became more of a fan favorite and it seems more like that's not how how it went down it seems more like 16 made its big splash at the time and you know time will tell what people say of 16 or as as time goes on but yeah like like, give it time like yeah
2: yeah it's still a it's still a PlayStation Five exclusive. Like you said, that you know the base was smaller back then, and that's true. But it's still
0: not good. And also, but like
2: yeah, you know, there's a PC version of 16 under development. There's expansion packs under development. Yeah, it's it's not. It is not yet time to give a final evaluation of how things have shaken out
0: yes yeah. I am going to be mean and say we cannot talk about Spider-Man anymore
1: because this is a Final Fantasy podcast there's, there's nothing wrong with you saying that I just okay. thought it was an interesting point of comparison yeah.
0: and... okay uh, but yeah I think uh, yeah, 16 is a moving target in terms of what its legacy is going to be we'll have to see what the DLC does and what potential f- sequels do because I think yeah. there's a lot they could do to that game that would make my personal opinion of it increase heavily. Right now, I, I think of it as a very incomplete product. So, um,
1: mm. anyway, we yeah, should... I think I think if that does happen, that might be when I pick it up. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm still of the opinion that I'm probably more likely to pick it up either if there's a massive sale or if it just goes free on PlayStation Plus. Because, I mean people who listen to the podcast remember i was very bullish on that game like i was very excited leading into it and ultimately just it's when the demo came out was when i was like oh i'm really scared i'm not gonna like it and that's why i've kind of like held off on it a little bit until the until it dies down a bit before i really give it a fair evaluation we should do the news we should yeah all right there's
0: not a ton but some color mage will be able to supply us the big final fantasy 14 stuff i do have some um minor 14 stuff though um so this is at the beginning of this month this was a uh unknown person but they are the first person to have gotten every single achievement all 2000 in final fantasy 14 so uh there was a reddit post that gave like a brief description of how much work this would have actually taken so it's all five ultimate raids three deep dungeons solo two thousand hordes from said deep dungeon they discovered those uh had to have at yeah, those least are
2: random, those are basically rng drop treasure yes. from from the yeah, yeah.
0: at least two thousand successfully completed mentor roulettes Oh 3, god. Three thousand victories in frontline. One Oh god. One thousand victories in rival wings.
2: Man, the entirety of the time Rival Wings has been up. I've only been able to get into one game. Okay. One
0: Five thousand victories in Crystalline Conflict or the Feast. Uh, yeah. The next one is maybe the most crazy one for me. Completed every level quest achievement, which due to time gating takes a minimum of seven years. What? Yes.
1: How like, the fu-
0: I don't know how this works, but yes, it will take you about seven how years.
1: How the fuck did someone pull this shit off? It took them a decade. Like, um, fully I mean, cleared- I guess the game has existed for that long. Like, yeah. Now I think about it. But still, like... Imagine dedicating that much of your free time to this video game. Yeah.
0: Uh, Killed 5,000 rank S marks and at least 10,000 rank A marks and obtained every hunt mount. And all Firmament Diadem achievements, including 500,000 Skyward Score... Ah, Skyward Score. That's a tough uh, alliteration there. As every, I don't know what this is, uh, Pertanodon mount and did all the fishing bonuses and caught every fish. And then the Reddit post also mentions and so much more. So this is a simply bonkers thing that this person has achieved.
1: Oh yeah. That's, yeah that is
0: insane. Uh, so a few... That's kind of the one big news I have. Uh, there's a... Uh, in Final Fantasy Ever Crisis, there's a Halloween event going on right now. So you can play as Glenn and young Sephiroth going around Nibelheim which is covered in pumpkins for some reason. And uh, I I didn't follow the plot very well, but they go down to the Shinra mansion and go into the library, which I would think breaks the timeline of Final Fantasy VII, but I don't care about this game enough to have watched those cutscenes. Uh, Same. There's also Halloween costumes out. And uh, for those who are down for this sort of thing, Cloud has an eye patch, and young Sephiroth is in a nuzzle a muzzle not not <laughs> it. I, was gonna, I was gonna say in a nuzzle no like, all right what? not not like a gun a muzzle like you put it like, <laughs> I was
1: yeah. gonna say. Yeah. like what some uh... of
2: the uh in that game sure are something yep
1: yep and then of course very
0: true final fantasy 14 has a new class called viper so some color mage right, explain we'll to me
2: into that yep
0: Explain to me why the hell it's called Viper and not an actual final fantasy class. And what is oh, it? Well,
2: de- well, if you just want to know that <laughs> generally speaking uh, since uh, Endwalker they've kind of moved away from classic final fantasy classes and want to like like start putting their own original ideas into into the job system. Like uh,
1: well, yeah, like cuz most of the classes uh, already used at this point, right?
2: I'm sure there's a lot more they can put in, but like Endwalker's new classes were were sage, but very different from sages in previous Final Fantasy games. In uh, in 14, sage is a healer class uh, that heals that heals their allies by attacking their enemies. Yeah. So it's kind of the same idea of like you know being a master of both offensive and defensive magic, but played in a very different way from what uh, what we used to. And then there's also Reaper, which is entirely new and based on uh, on the uh, you know, Final Fantasy XIV specific lore about how the Void works and such. Void. So. So one of the uh, new classes. So uh, Viper is just kind of the sa- same sort of thing. It's something that's uh, based based on, you know, what uh, what kind of. Uh, based more on thinking what kind of uh, sort of sort of hunters in like Chiral and stuff would use rather than trying to adapt a class although there's still probably elements of that because you know the the viper weapon is very uh, reminiscent of uh, Zidane or Judge Gabram
0: oh it's the so, two swords that you put together yeah, and make the, us yeah they're
2: like yeah, double it's blade double, thing. yeah the it's more double swords the, come together
0: somebody is thumping by the way i hear a i don't know who but i hear a thumping noise
2: oh, sorry i just uh, was okay. adjusting things a bit um, oh that's all right so i guess anyway get into the job uh, into the 14 news proper so is it first DPS? of all yes but you know let me just go through things so at the okay. start of the month was patch 6.5. Uh, we beat up Zeromus. um uh, The uh, the story arc that's been going on throughout the Endwalker patches has all been neatly wrapped up. You know, people are calling it filler now, but like you could say that about stuff that happened during Heavensward patches and stuff. And then hey, uh, hey, three four years later, that is actually critically important to the main story. Who could have guessed? It's like they plan. This out years in advance or something. Mm. Um, I don't believe so, them. They're winging it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, after so anyway, yeah, you know, last week or so, uh, yeah, last week, uh, we had the uh, the uh, London Fan Fest. So yeah. Uh, so, this is the second of the uh of this uh this this expansion's uh crest cycle. So, the last one will be in Tokyo in January. Um, so you know, stand stand the fanfest stuff. We got an extended trailer. Um, according to the word from people on the scene, the two biggest cheers in the trailer uh, the second biggest was when a squirrel appeared, uh,
1: and uh, the
2: biggest was this scene. Uh, Estinian got a fight scene, and, uh, the monster causes a tidal wave, and Estinian gets very wet, and you bet there was a hell of a lot of cheering there. Okay. <laughs> yep. What
0: was um, the squirrel? Is that the Final Fantasy V enemy?
2: Yeah, it's a nutkin.
1: Yep. Yeah, that... Oh, that motherfucker. Hated those bastards. Uh,
2: so... So, anyway, uh, Yoshida comes onto stage, and he is... He is there cosplaying as one of the new jobs, the Viper. Um, like, uh, they oh. posted that in the podcast chat. Um, why, why are they just called pirates? Who knows? Um, so, anyway, to, to talked about job, you know, kind of the intention is to have a second job that uses uh, the ninja's. Uh, Armor set because uh, Ninja has a very specific niche stat wise, which means that they had uh, they had armor that was separate from every other job in the game. Um,
1: mm, makes sense. Yeah. Well, why not just call it a
2: thief? Yeah? Don't they have a thief? Because because Ninja and FIFA the same job in fourteen.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh of course. I'm stupid. Makes N- sense.
2: Ninja starts as rogue and becomes Ninja at thirty.
1: <laughs> right. Makes sense. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So so anyway, the idea like w- we haven't seen a lot of this. It. it sounds kind of like a, a standard, uh, a very standard melee job in 14, which is that basically you spend two minutes building up, uh, building up as much as your big damage mode as possible, and let it all out. Although maybe they've changed the two minute thing in Dawn Trail Who knows? Um. Uh, there is one more job planned uh, that is the one that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt is referring to it's probably Green Mage based on the ending of patch 6.5 uh, um,
0: see I would have thought turtle yeah. or ninja or teenager not green <laughs> of all those things hmm. what wait what um, was green magic in Final Fantasy 12 again that
1: was like time magic right
2: it, it, it was it was status stuff mostly.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, like Green Magic also they changed it between the Zodiac and the original version, so some of the some of the spells got moved around. And that's never been in any other game, just twelve. Uh, I mean it's probably been in like tactics, Advance, some. Whatever, uh, yeah, or, like like or whatever. the thing
2: that makes it most likely Green Mage is that the ending the ending has a little visual hint that is uh, very much a tactics uh, which one is this A two reference? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it I feel it would be one of refer- the evil east games, one yeah. of the niche ones.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, so this yeah. is like protect and shell and oil. Oh, in reverse, the best yeah. spell in Final Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. So
2: it's probably going to be something fairly different because, well, because p- well, this is a this is a deep this other job is also a DPS so. So, like, yeah, you know, maybe it'll do something a bit different, but it will ha- still have a focus on doing damage.
1: Is there still that problem where, like, DPS has to wait like half an hour to get into a dungeon, and then tanks and healers can get in immediately because no one wants to play those?
0: Isn't that an Overwatch Two what? problem?
1: In in fourteen. Well...
2: Well, well, sort of, but for story dungeons it doesn't matter anymore, because uh, Trust now, uh, the uh, the duty support now extends through the entirety of the main story.
1: Oh, okay.
0: There's definitely an Overwatch yeah. problem, the uh, the que- yeah. the role cues, which is why I don't play Overwatch anymore.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So, anyway, just zoom through uh, to... I introduced a couple new locations. If you want to see any of this stuff, I'm pretty sure I posted all the trailers in the in the 14 channel when uh, when they came up. Um,
0: oh, sorry. Editorial <laughs> note. I said reverse earlier is the best spell. I meant bubble. Bubble is the best spell in 12. Double zero HP.
1: Yeah, bo- both are excellent. Both are fucking incredible.
0: Yes. Reverse is good in very specific strategic locations. Like, like Omega. Can... Yeah, yeah. All right. uh anyway final Fantasy 14 a realm reborn right. continue please
2: right right so uh you know a lot of these uh, these areas uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, different kinds of forests there's also one area that uh, feels very uh very inspired by like you know, American uh, Wild West uh, type type settings Um Let's see. Yeah, uh, got the at right, the general. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, we are still doing the things we do every expansion thing that they have to uh, have to say. Otherwise, people get really weird and think they're going to like stop including uh, bits that are integral to the game working. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, what d- do you mean dungeons? Like what Fourteen parts... fans can be really stupid and think that if you don't explicitly say something is coming, it's not coming. Okay. So so if you don't say yes, this this expansion has dungeons, <laughs> someone will go hysterical and think, oh, this doesn't have dungeons in it. No, what? it obviously fucking has dungeons in it.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. Okay, thanks for the um, clarification. I wasn't sure what you were referring yeah. to. Yeah.
2: The like, they, they, they didn't show us as much as, as this one compared to the previous FanFest, so I'm just quickly thumbing through things, uh, yeah, I guess at some point you fight this giant robot thing, uh, where's the giant, giant robot thing? Oh, I, I see if you, like you the found the, uh, off, I, see I see you found the, uh, I see you found the shirtless Astinian artwork. Yes.
0: Well, that's uh, that's from that's from like three years ago, where there was a news report that Estinian bathes. Yeah, that's, that's bathes. during
2: COVID. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, and then and then they made that that cannon during a six point four. Like you walk in on Estinian and he's doing his shirtless push-ups.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> one arm yeah. push-ups too, which are very very difficult. I can't do one of those. Yeah.
1: Yes, they are. Yeah, they're so fucking hard.
0: I can barely do a regular push up, to be honest, but
1: I can do clap push ups easy, but one arm push ups, fuck that.
0: What? I- Wait, what is this say you've posted? Some combination's giant robot.
2: That that is uh, apparently <laughs> one of the fights in Dawn Trail.
0: Okay, that looks um, cool as hell. That, that one looks- fun. Yeah. Speaking of Rosifon, that looks like a monster they would have fought in Rosifon.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh they uh, they announced one of the two raids uh, for the expansion the 24 man raid uh, echoes of Vanadiel it's a farm fantasy 11 crossover story.
0: oh wait nobody uh, can see the picture we're describing so we should actually say what this thing is uh, I-, I guess I'll do it then it- it's a gold and purple giant monster with uh, kind of like a female face at the top. Uh, It kind of looks like a weapon from Final Fantasy VII with a very large arm that I think is some sort of laser thing, and there's electricity on it. So there you go. Now everyone's caught
2: up. Right. Right. Um, So, yes, there's a Final Fantasy XI crossover storyline happening. Uh, They also announced uh, Dawn Trail is going to have a third new job, uh, it is some it is something along the same vein of blue mage so it's not going to be available at the launch of the expansion and also it's not something you can play the story with it's it's something that has like a a skill learning system that is so orthogonal to the rest of the game they can't let you do the main content with it and stuff like that um, like uh, they like they were they were very secretive of what it is. Although the way they're acting, they they know everyone's expecting it to be Beastmaster. Um. Uh. Let's see. So. Is that everything we got? Right. They they talked about the graphical update a bit. Uh, for some reason during the keynote itself, they like focused on uh, on the uh, player character chins, uh, which. was a really weird thing to focus on when like afterwards they had a panel about uh, like uh, environment team and stuff and they showed a bunch of the changes they've been working on which are so much more impressive
0: (laughs) are (laughs) chins the new hot fetish of 2023
2: maybe (laughs) Um,
0: is this like how final fantasy 13 made everyone really into armpits for a while Like, people get really gross about weird stuff
2: Yeah. right. and then like you know talked about some administrative stuff like for like the for like the very last parts of Endwalker so you know like there's going to be the final story update in January shortly after that the Xbox version of the game is going to launch uh, starting on Halloween is the uh, is the fall guys event. <laughs> uh, um, wait, fucking oh.
0: wait are fall guys going into 14 or are 14 going into fall guys
2: they, they, they've oh the the part where 14 was in fall guys ended like a month ago this is the uh this is uh this is this is the fall guys in 14 like they've added like they're adding fall guys obstacle courses to the game and uh you get to you can win uh, some of the absolute worst pieces of uh, of equipment I have ever seen in this damn game <laughs> All
0: right, I gotta look up what these like... pieces, oh there we go Okay, yeah that <laughs> those are just Final Fantasy 14 people wearing like big coats or big sweatshirts with Fall Guys faces on them and mm-hmm. you know absent context that face kind of looks like the first angel from Evangelion it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh,
2: okay. And also, sometime before Dawn Trail, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Naoki Yoshida, the uh, producer of uh, Final Fantasy Fourteen, has said before that he needs to talk with uh, Naoki Yoshida, the producer of Final Fantasy, Fantasy Sixteen, about the potential of a crossover event. That is happening. That... Uh, like uh, you, you get there'll be a fight against the uh, sixteen Ifrit, There's uh, you get Clive's outfit. Uh, there's the Torgal mount and the Torgal minion. <laughs> and, okay. And uh, actually, let me just grab the picture of of this stuff because. <laughs>
0: I hope it's baby uh, Torgal can be your minion. Oh yeah. yeah! All right, you get both. You get adult and baby.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, well, I think that's there?
0: a male Vieira dressed like Clive. So they're, they're, a lot <laughs> of thirst things are combining into one thing here.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's also uh, they're, they're testing uh, moving their uh, uh, upgrading their servers to using cloud storage, which um, like there'll be a no, there'll be a beta for that uh, in late November where. Where people can just like create a character on those servers that are already end game ready and just fuck around try to break it. Um, okay.
0: I have to ask you, some yeah. mage. What does that actually mean? Cloud storage in terms of Final Fantasy 14. Does that just mean they're moving their servers to like Amazon systems or Google systems versus their own?
2: Pretty, pretty much. It's yeah. Okay. You know, it's basically better scalability because uh,
1: yeah, it makes sense it, in our industry. Like, it's so hard to have your own servers. Like, it's really fucking difficult to do. Even though there's a lot of, like, strategic benefits to doing it, it's just so much easier to scale when you're using a third party. Yeah, and and they have been,
2: like, and, like, over this, over Endwalker, they have, like, expanded every, every single physical data center. Like, there comes a point where, like, you just gotta think of what's easier to do.
0: Yeah, but I just want to clap back against people who use like tech terms as if they're magic. It's like we're going on the cloud now. It's like that—that that has a specific meaning and it's working with specific people. It's not just like, oh, well, there's yeah. Cloud Strife up in heaven who's saving all your data. No, it's it's working with <laughs> specific things. And maybe right. no, Cloud
1: Strife is literally up in heaven saving your data. Didn't you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Didn't you realize? He,
2: he he's too busy working <laughs> on Reaper
1: yeah okay <laughs> just like when
0: people say ai it's like what the hell do you actually mean when you're saying ai it's not it's not a magic spell it's not a god it's something's there so
1: no it's a magic spell it's the boss from final fantasy 4 ai <laughs> yeah the the fucking you know oh. the massive sphere yeah the Is he one actually that was an AI? bitch <laughs> I, think I, I might be making it up. I remember it's it. Called cool. AI. Something. It's called Node Sussex. CPU. CPU. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cross enough. Yeah. Cross enough.
2: Alright.
0: Uh, did we get all our Final Fantasy okay. 14s before I interrupted you?
2: Yeah, I think that was all of the FanFest announcements. I'm just going through the other stuff to see if they announced anything. Um. Like, yeah. Maybe AI oh, yeah. can tell I you if say, they announced I guess anything. Sakaguchi, Sakaguchi was at the, at the f- FanFest. Oh, yeah. yeah he... he liked 16.
0: Yes, uh, that was a um, news article that I saved for a little while because I knew this was going to come up. Also, um, also, being real, was...
1: I'm, gl- I'm glad he liked 16. But being real, Sakaguchi is never going to say, I didn't like a Final Fantasy. Like, come on. Well, off. true. But... <laughs> like...
2: Uh, also, also, more importantly, there there was a bit where uh, where uh, Yoshida and Sakaguchi were playing the game with fans, and uh, and Sakaguchi was trolling and deliberately trying to get people killed. And
0: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So Sakaguchi was and, asked and if he due
2: would, to, and due to some three stooges like bullshit, uh, uh, that basically ended up with Yoshida getting punted off a cliff
1: yeah i don't know to what extent it's a cultural thing and to what extent it's just the sakaguchi's a real one because he did he could have easily done a george lucas and said oh i hate the new stuff you know i'm so mad they didn't do it in my vision or whatever the fuck but no he comes out to support the series after they're done with him after you know he's not making any money off of him anymore and he's a real one and i respect that
2: well, you... well, the thing is that the big shift to uh, you know, make every final fantasy as unique as they can—that really started with Ten. That was under his watch. So, so this, so this kind yeah. of stuff with with like sixteen—that's still his vision of what the series should. Yeah, be. Yeah, I guess,
1: I guess that's true. And you know, I've in the past talked about my problems with that vision. I think it's both the greatest strength and the greatest weakness simultaneously. But. Yeah, you know, Sakaguchi, we love him. He's great.
0: He was asked if he would ever be interested in working on Final Fantasy sixteen or doing an MMO, and his response was, hell no.
1: Yeah, not surprised. Like, you know, he. I think, if I was, you know, if I'd seen my, the franchise I started being handled by people, like, and seeing, you know, the, the level of vitriol that gets aimed at them, for what they do right i'll probably be like oh i'm glad i ain't doing that shit anymore like you also, know just, yeah. in <laughs> general, just,
2: just in general dude's close to retirement don't spring working on an my way out of it on team i can, I can only imagine yeah.
0: what george lucas thinks like sitting back in uh wherever he is in california while everyone in the world is so angry at disney and he's just like yep not my fucking problem i don't gotta worry about any of this shit. oh yeah
1: well but also like after he did speak out after the force awakens he got so clowned on for it i think he just shut the fuck up after that
0: yeah um his ideas for the sequel trilogy weren't good though so
2: no
1: they weren't yeah but.
2: yeah. like frankly yeah, yeah it would not have been better to have him at the helm no, I
1: should go with my it's... ideas for
0: the sequel trilogy i wanted to have terrorists and uh they bring back the robots from the uh from the prequels Cause droid the cars are overpowered. No one ever seems to like find a good solution for them. And I'm like, they should just have these guys. Why doesn't everyone do you know, have like,
1: Do you know, unironically, I love the idea. And if this was a Star Wars podcast, I would nerd all over it, but it's not. So what, right. what's the next this news is, item?
0: This is your revenge. I can't talk about Spider-Man. <laughs> that means you can't talk about Star Wars. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> actually i think we're out of news (laughs) that's the thing about october there wasn't all that much let me
1: triple check Uh... was there no like i mean the only thing i can think of is that we had this one like fan event which was i think the the seven rebirth the voice actors they went
2: Oh, oh yeah the uh the matthew mercer thing Right. Yeah, and
1: it was real. Ri- yeah, and well first of all we were, it was confirmed that Matthew Mercer is Vincent. That's nice, good choice. Right. And the this other thing was wait, like it Matthew was Matthew Mercer has done what? He's Vincent. He's
2: what? In in Ray yeah.
1: He's Vincent. Oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. Sorry, I your accent's getting me. He's Vincent Valentine. Sorry. <laughs>
1: yes, that's, that's correct. Okay. He's Vincent Valentine. Yeah. All right. Um and also the the voice actors they went like not fully cosplaying their characters but like you know dressing somewhat like them which i thought was pretty cool you know like i mean this voice cast never ceases to disappoint frankly you know them and clive's voice actor as well he's really engaged with the fans and he's he's just a really stand-up guy so whoever at square enix like they clearly they forgot how to cast after final fantasy 12 Right, but they've clearly remembered how to cast, and the new guys are are, are really knock it out of the park.
0: Okay, so I guess that's all the news. Then we can uh, we can find something else to talk about, just so that this podcast isn't like forty five minutes long. So, if you want to go? Uh, let's just have a topic. Uh, what do we Okay. Think? What's a good topic? Uh, all right, it's October, so it's spooky times. Now, Final Fantasy is not a horror series. It is a YA fantasy series. But, I mean, that doesn't mean it hasn't had horror elements in the past. I mean, Vincent Valentine, speaking of, he had what's as close to a Final Fantasy horror game as possible with, of course, the legendary Final Fantasy VII, Colin and Cerberus, for the PlayStation (laughs) (laughs) 2. Yeah, yeah
1: we can talk about that joke of a game
0: we can talk about that joke of a game because that features a werewolf it has a vampire lady they're all named uh, color the color of course so the vampire guy is azul the cerulean who turns into a giant behemoth and uh the vampire lady is russo the crimson who is a vampire and i forget what is the deal with nero the sable is he just like he's just freaky He's darkness. He's the, he is the darkness. The dark, dark, dark. Yeah, he's he's just into like S stuff, and Weiss uh, has to yeah. get a haircut.
1: So it is a fun it is a fun story about Bird of Cerberus, right? Back before I was a Final Fantasy fan, right? A long time ago. I'm mm. not that old but I'm old enough to remember the time when people still got magazines for video games and that was when you hear, heard about new games that came out. You go to your local we, we call them news agents where I'm from you go to your local news agent and you pick up a magazine and you see the different reviews for games you'd see the different previews of games coming out that's how I learned about Uncharted that's how I learned about like all the stuff that was going on right. And the first time I ever saw a Final Fantasy game, it wasn't 7, it wasn't 12, but there's this feature in one magazine I read, I don't remember what it was called, it might have been the official PlayStation magazine, no idea, but this is one feature called Why didn't anyone buy this game, right? And they would go through a bunch of different games in, in the past that have been complete duds. And one time they had one on why didn't anyone buy Dirge of Cerberus, right? And Their argument was uh, and I remember it because I haven't played Final Fantasy 7 yet But they said something along the lines of one of the things people loved about Final Fantasy 7 was that everyone loved every single character in the game Except Vincent Valentine who was a boring vampire motherfucker. Wait, and that's it's funny true. because well, it's it's not true first of all like you know because it's funny since playing Final Fantasy 7 I look back on that and I think, hold on a minute, people love Vincent, A, and B, the people, the one people don't like is Kate Sith, right? <laughs> Which, oh, that's yeah. another piece of October news, they confirmed that, that you pronounce it Kate Sith, but... Wait, what?
0: They pronounce they, it they con- Kate? yeah. It's not... They Kate pronounce Jean- it Kate she- C. Yes.
2: Yes, it, it turns out Rave is a filthy unionist.
0: Um, wait. yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So, it's not Katshi or whatever the actual Irish pronounce like Gaelic pronunciation is it's just Kate Sith.
1: No, it's not. It's Kate Sith. We're supposed to pronounce it Kate Sith. They like, confirmed that. Like uh. like
2: it's something that is really annoying because like the the Japanese pronunciation is as close as it can it can get to Gaelic cuz like, yeah. it's Kato-shi. Yeah. And, and then uh, yeah, you know, we, we got to here and then, you know, fucking square throws this out into the void of, uh, Elon Musk's exter site for Nazi pedophiles. And, uh, <laughs> then all, and then all, all hell breaks loose because, because Americans can't, uh, can't, uh, face themselves to, uh, understand that there are, uh, that there are other countries that use, uh, Latin type ca- character sets. Um, oh yeah
1: yeah so it was it was you know it was interesting but anyway yeah so i remember reading i remember reading that and it was like this scathing review of a final fantasy game that i just never heard of and since you know since then I've, you know, obviously played all the games, I haven't gone back and played Dirge Cerberus because I have a mix of people telling me it's horrible, I shouldn't touch it, it's the worst thing ever. And some people are saying, like, oh, it's not as bad as people say it is, you know. I've, I've heard some people who, like, kind of defend that game. But Dirge Cerberus came out at a time in the mid-2000s when all of a sudden, every video game had to be edgy as fuck, right? And this was, you know, this was basically after Naughty Dog have talked about this. Actually, it's the reason we have Uncharted in the Last of Us is because basically when they made Jack and Daxter the first one, it was more of a light-hearted platformer type game, and they, the reason they changed Jack Two to be a much darker game and suddenly have this kind of GTA twist on it was what had happened was all of a sudden after GTA 3 came out, they were focus testing these like eight-year-olds or something, something like, something that should have been the target demographic for a Jack and Daxter who were coming in and they were saying like, yeah, I really enjoyed the game. It was a lot of fun. I think my little brother would like it. These were eight-year-olds. You know, okay. these were the exact right age you'd expect to be playing that game. and But they're not interested in this thing that looks too kiddie for them. So all of a sudden, everyone had to be edgy as fuck. That's why you get Shadow the Hedgehog, which was dreadful. That's why you get Ratchet Deadlocked, which was actually really good. And it's also why you get Dirge of Cerberus. And of course, uh, Prince of Persia 2, the two thrones. Prince of Persia 2 are the perfect example. Yeah, where all of these games had to become super adult and they had to have a lot of like blood, gore, violence in them. And it's so jarring.
0: Okay, so Technobliterator, I decided to fact-check that article asking why no one bought this game. Now, uh, okay. you video games sell wiki, VG sales, whatever you want to go. This is all based on nonsense. No one actually knows how much anything sells in any way. But in the PlayStation 2 era, people had a much better idea of how many things, things sold because there were actually stores and product yep. and this sort of thing would get posted. Dirge of Cerberus looks like it sold a little bit over 1.4 million worldwide. So that was oh, a, yeah. that was yeah. a successful video game maybe not a final Fantasy successful video game but it was a spin-off so I think it oh, yeah absolutely
1: yeah absolutely like it didn't it di- uh, like you know you, you've just seen the numbers right there it didn't do badly by a normal video game standards especially back then like even to these days you know selling a million and a half copies is not too shabby but you know I think I think they just really wanted an excuse to rail against Dirge of Cerberus and okay. to talk shit on it, and that just and that was just why they happened to chose yeah. that. Because choose that topic. if
0: I were but writing like, that article, in, in the moment, uh,
2: just in the moment, all that stuff was successful. Like you also brought up, uh, you know, Shadow the Hedgehog as one of the examples of uh, that kind of edgy stuff, and really, you know, opinion didn't really turn on that until after, uh you know, the uh, the other big sonic fuck-ups of the era you know after 2006
0: well mm. I, was, I was gonna say if anything if i were writing that article i'd be like why the hell did 1.4 million people buy this terrible game right and i think yeah shadow of the, yeah shadow of the hedgehog got Go on. clowned on when it came out because it was... It Where's was... that damn fourth Chaos Amun? Just just the image of a cute Sega cartoon hedgehog holding a uh, semi-automatic pistol and running down the street shooting people and stealing cars yeah, was just uh, yeah, hysterical. Yeah, but it
2: definitely wasn't considered as shit when it was released as it was you know, sometime afterwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like... It's, you know, it's interesting. There were some successful ones that made that transition quite well. I would say Jack 2 was very successful at that. And then there were ones like Dirge of Cerberus where these days it just looks super jarring because you see it as such an obvious attempt to be all adult, adult and mature. But it's so jarring contrasted against... Basically, like, that was the time... And it wasn't just Dirge of Cerberus, it was kind of the whole Final Fantasy's compilation where people were looking at it and they were seeing these brooding, like, sad, depressing stories. And you contrast that against Final Fantasy VII, which was not all brooding, dark, depressing, and serious. Like, Final Fantasy VII has a lot of light-hearted moments in it, a lot of humor, and a lot of, you know... It, it just... It isn't how it was portrayed in the compilation. And no piece of Final Fantasy VII media since then really understood that until maybe Seven Remake. You could maybe make a case for Crisis Core, but I wouldn't so much make that strong of a case for Crisis Core. Uh, okay, but year. is this... I mean... Is this talking about horror, though? Is this talking about horror? Um, <laughs> yes. yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, I guess a lot of the compilation stuff wasn't so horror-driven, as Dodger Cerberus was absolutely horror-driven. Okay. Like,
2: it, it did definitely have parts of the aesthetic, although I'm not sure if I'd call it horror, but... Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah well, that's the thing, is it's a horror aesthetic, so it's like, we're gonna go... It, it's kind of like how Castlevania... *Castlevania* is not a horror game, but it has, you know, Frankenstein and Dracula in it. I mean, I guess some of the games are kind of horror-ish no no none of them were really horror let's be honest uh so yeah one of the things i wanted to talk about is just final fantasy using horror tropes or having spooky areas and really that's as far as i ever really get it's spooky so final yeah. fantasy 7 and final fantasy 6 in my opinion seem to be the games that most used a lot of horror spaces
1: so like yeah and seven remake although that is still seven. well that's remaking train seven. graveyard yeah yeah so, Final Fantasy well, The train time. graveyard is a lot spookier in Remake than it is in the original.
0: Well, Six has the legendary Phantom Train segment,
1: mm-hmm. which was amazing.
0: It was yeah. amazing. You suplex a train. I made a joke about it at the beginning of this episode. Uh, yeah.
1: This is beautiful.
0: Then, of course, the really, I think one of the more scarier segments is uh, Ozer's Mansion when you go inside the painting and there's this. Right. Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, that was so good there's this uh half naked sprite that they had to censor for the american uh release of a naked woman Mm. that turns into a demon and probably the most terrifying part of that game is uh inside cian's dream because his castle's become haunted science dream yeah (laughs) his castle's become haunted and you go inside his memories and there's these demons that are feeding on his grief of all of his dead family members and uh you end up, like, in this trippy, multi-dimensional maze world.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. I know you've banned Spider-Man, but, like, Batman Arkham Asylum definitely took from science dream, now I think about it. Shit. Like...
2: What, uh... the Scarecrow bit? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah! Yeah, like, you know, the little, like, horror sequences that they do, right? I you know I wonder if that was actually inspired by by the by Final Fantasy VI's Science Dream because that oh. would make a lot of sense if it was.
0: I don't know. That that's a segment that's really deleted in that game and I haven't heard that referenced all that often. Like I only just remembered mm. it talking about it now.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 fair, but it you know I think I think it's worth worth considering if that if people thought of that because final fantasy six was a very influential game yeah a lot of people have called it so
0: but... of course seven has uh vincent who is a straight up just a vampire in a coffin uh there's the, yeah right? there's the submarine which is full of these just terrifying looking mutant enemies
1: hmm. oh yeah 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 yeah. you know about the sunken galnica
0: yes the sunken galnica they they all have the same name and they
1: are some of the weirdest looking stuff like one's like a horsehead creature. Which that, that those came from Final Fantasy V, the other the underwater segment in Final Fantasy V.
0: Oh yeah, uh, Final Fantasy V has the most terrifying sprite I think outside of the final boss of Live Alive, which is Neo X Death.
1: You guys remember? Wait, what? is that that's that's five original or that's five? Or wasn't that just five advance? No, no, the original... Nego X steps the final boss of the game,
2: technically. Yeah, original... Oh, I'm being
1: fucking stupid. Yeah. Oh, I got it mixed up with fucking... You're oh, thinking of Yuno.
0: Know, uh the original demon. And that...
1: yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah so... shit. Okay. So,
0: Yuno know, was a dark demon that they buried or sealed inside of a tree. And the tree comes to yeah. life in, like, almost... um almost evil dead rules except he's now also a cackling very pompous villain and uh you get to see his true form which is this tree monster that you defeat and then his second form is that same weird kind of curved shape but it's just random flesh it is yeah like like
2: the the monsters that they that they all sealed in him have been like sort of allowed to run loose because his original form's being eaten away by the Void, yeah. Yeah, the Void itself,
0: uh, very spooky concept, uh, very uh, Lovecraftian influence. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII has the segment that is just straight up, we're going to have Alien
1: for a while. Also, Final Fantasy VIII does have Phantom Train and they call it Doom Train. And he's even spookier looking in that one. Yeah, and Zell can't suplex him, which sucks. Zell's not in that game, though. Oh, wait,
0: no. Yeah, Zell is in that game though. No, yeah. he's, he's not going to suplex him because he's a good guy. Sorry, I got Sabin mm. and Zell mixed up because muscly blonde dudes oh, are all the same to me. Oh,
1: cardinal sin. That's a cardinal oh. sin among fans like me. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> <My bad>. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. I forgive you. <laughs> um, Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy 8 had that, and uh, the, I, I could have sworn there was another scene that was like spooky-ish. There's
0: the right. underwater facility that I made a lot of Bioshock jokes about when we.
1: Uh, did yeah, the Let's there's Play. that. There's that. And there's. This... <coughs> oh, yeah, you mentioned the segment that's basically alien. Yeah, the space segment. Yeah, and th- those were the two spooky bits in that game. Oh, it has
0: the spookiest tracks in the series, which are a Succession of Witches and Time Compression.
1: Yeah, Final Fantasy VIII's soundtrack is legendary.
0: You know, what, now that I think about it, it has a lot of really creepy stuff because like the the monsters come from the moon, the lunar cry. And like you you get like a close up look of what's going on the moon and it's just like this flood of blood and monster viscera that comes to the planet every so often. Yeah,
1: which is a Final All Fantasy IV right. reference.
0: Yeah. Except much much creepier this time. Mm. Uh, oh, and, faces, and it has yeah, faceless
1: like... oh, Yeah. I was heights. I was just about to say that. That's right. <laughs> faceless um, yeah like we've basically
2: started with six here because even when uh you know one through five have unsettling concepts they don't really they don't really give a horror feel to it like, like in one you fight a vampire he's a little bitch goes down easily that's not very horrifying
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's like one has always the feeling of like an RPG campaign, so that's like, oh, all right, your dungeon master's thought of this spooky fight against a vampire, then it turns out he's not all that hard, and it's just disappointing. Yeah, we'll move on. Uh, now what? Oh, oh, uh, to go back, like, we have no structure or any thesis to any of this, so we're just saying spooky things. So, uh, one of the worst things in four is Calcabrina, these living puppet oh, things. Oh, yeah. These naked
1: children. Stop, stop this de- de- please. De- yeah, that de- no. the fucking the fucking theme is Yeah, please please the don't. fucking theme, man. Please do not. Um please. please. What did Final Fantasy nine have? Nine has the, the tree. tree, yeah. Yeah, that's it has that. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's like nine I think you would expect nine to cut down on it a little bit because it was going much it was going in a much different direction than seven and eight were going but nine definitely stepped back on that a little bit
0: well now that i think about it it has the entire mist concept where like there's mm. entire massive segments of the world that you can't go down into because this stephen king nightmare thing has happened where there's demons in there and of course the entire uh, assimilation plot line with terra and gaia once you figure out the entire complex mechanics of it, that is a pretty, like, creepy idea. That your bodies are not even meant to be yours. It's supposed to just be a shell to go and fill with the souls of some dead world. Uh, mm. Final Fantasy X, I think, blew it. I can't think of anything scary from ten.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't I think of...
2: The locations themselves aren't that scary, although Ten's opening has a lot of uh, things. A lot of a lot of the early dungeons do do tend to like prey on like you know, the fact that uh, Tidus is completely isolated and uh, there's uh, there's this monster coming after him. That that happens like multiple times during that opening. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Well, it does have one thing, anima. Yes,
1: yeah, that was. That was quite frightening. um Anima looks
0: like the bad guy from uh, Phantasmagoria Two, A Puzzle of the Flesh. Um, you all You I all, are fan, you all you guys are big fans of Phantasmagoria Two, A Puzzle of the Flesh, the FMV game. <laughs> I don't
1: know what that is, but um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should look it up. It's a it's a fascinating video game with uh, quite a lot of queer commentary in it, actually. Okay. One of the first big budget oh. games with an openly bisexual protagonist.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um. What else was there? There was. uh So Final Fantasy. We didn't. I didn't play eleven, so I can't speak to that. No, Final Fantasy Twelve has. Final Fantasy Twelve has Demon Wall.
0: Yes. Well, oh yeah, Demon Wall is a recurring bad guy. Uh, speaking of xenomorphs, isn't isn't he just xeno isn't he just a xenomorph in like his original incarnation in five or four
1: he's in just... four
0: yeah
2: in, in, in four it, like it's basically just like uh yeah clawed hands and an angry head sticking out of a wall
0: yeah. yeah but i think in one of them he's just straight up a xenomorph i'm gonna look him up demon mall i'm gonna go to the final fantasy wiki and see what they have to show me uh, oh
1: i mean what what would they have to show you man that's a useless it's one. final fantasy 7 yeah. where
0: he's a xenomorph
1: yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> yeah um that's gonna be interesting to see th- how yeah. they
0: handle that in the remake i don't know if you can get away with just using alien concept art anymore
1: it will be interesting i i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what that one does when what that one looks like uh 12 other than that and the mummy enemies. I can't think of anything all that spooky in Twelve.
0: Well, there is something that's legitimately horrifying in Twelve, and that's the Great God. Crystal. That is a. Legit... Oh, you know about the
1: fucking dungeon. Oh, yeah,
0: that shit. Well, that dungeon. Oh, that was fucking awful. It was awful. It was it is the worst dungeon in JRPG history, or maybe even Easily. RPG history. Maybe in the entire history of people role playing in any possible way, in the history of imagination, it is maybe the worst dungeon ever conceived.
1: I don't know about that, but it is the worst level in an amazing game.
0: Because there's no map there. Yeah, every single segment looks exactly the same as every other one of them, except the colors change a little bit and the lighting changes. It's full of these enemies called bombs, like mom bombs, that can go and pounce on you. Like, 50 of them will all come at you and explode at once. Uh, it's extremely confusing, because you have to go and open all these gates all over the place. You can get lost there, and, like, if I didn't have an online map as a resource, I never would have been able to get out of there ever again. You could Your campaign can end in that place, it feels like.
1: Not that it's yeah, safe Square Enix just said, we don't want you to have fun, Yeah. so... Uh, here's your, here's your dungeon. Oh, you have to go and through they, a whole...
0: You have to go through a whole other dungeon to get to that one, too. And it's not a short one, either. You have to go through a whole dungeon to get to the Great Crystal, and they expect you to go back there, like, four or five times to do different quests.
1: Yeah. It was interesting, to say the least. Yeah. Nah, Later, like
2: 12 has some problems. Yeah, well...
0: I love Final Fantasy XII, but it's also a game made by people who hate me, in many ways.
2: Like, oh, like it's cool. a good game, but by by the end, it's it's kind of devolved into uh, dungeon crawling gauntlets. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think that is a that is a completely fair thing to say about twelve, which I would still say is the tied best Final Fantasy to this day. But that is an entirely fair thing to say about it. Final Fantasy XII also brings back the
0: Mist concept from 9 because the location right in front of the Great Crystal, uh, I forget what that's called. The something. That was the, the Fey first. Woods. The
1: Feywoods. That was the first big page I ever worked for the Final Fantasy Wiki. I'm oh, proud of that. I work on the Mist page.
0: The Woods has a really interesting lighting effect where you'll get all these optical illusions while you're walking around. And sometimes like the optical illusions will even reflect back your menu, which kind of has like this Hideo Kojima, like what the hell is going on at this point? Mm. The mist can see the things that aren't supposed to be diegetic. Uh uh Some color Mage. Final Fantasy Fourteen, yeah. what's spooky in there?
2: Uh, okay, so, like, this is the uh, thing we brought up. So, in, in A Realm Reborn, uh, like, during 2.0's story, like, in the first few dungeons, uh, there's this uh, group of uh, adventurers that, like, gets to every dungeon before you, and you see them, like, arguing, trying to sort things out. Uh, uh, most important there is uh, their healer, healer, uh, Edda, and, like, she she's engaged to, to the party tank, and, like after a while they kind of disappear and like a few patches later you find out uh, that's because during one of those dungeon runs, uh, the, the tank died and Ada went completely insane blamed the other people of her party and is now deep in uh, in the, the Tamtara Deepcroft which is one of those early dungeons that they were at uh, c- c- trying to uh, do these demonic rituals to sacrifice her former party members to to bring her, her spouse back to life. And it is. Like, I mean, the nature of 14 means nothing is scary after a while, because, like, there's a. Because, like, you'll. I mean, I remember doing that dungeon a lot when it was the top tier of dungeon nah, accessible, and, uh, like, it is definitely unsettling the first few times uh, you do that, and. Thank like, like the final boss of the dungeon is like is like uh, her spouse a uh, severed head turned into a flying demon. Ooh, that's not bad. Um. Yeah. Like after you clear that dungeon, like like she, like she falls off the platform and and dies, and like from from then on, like there was like this low chance that at nighttime if you were in one of the main cities uh you could see her ghost just standing around the area like you couldn't interact with her or anything she's just there and like they eventually revisit that plot thread in the in the heavenswood you mentioned the uh, first uh, deep dungeon and like the the deep dungeons and like the first one of those is basically just this giant crypt where you fight a bunch of uh, uh a bunch of undead and like uh, some of them are characters from earlier in the story that have been killed off and such, um, and like Edda is the first major antagonist of that. And like you, you clear that, you finally manage to put her to arrest and such. And there, there is, there is a lot of unsettling stuff about this. And I just also want to know because I was uh, looking through the uh, through the wiki, trying to remember which dungeon dungeon this was, because it was one of the early dungeons, but I couldn't remember which. And, like, I found the correct dungeon page, and, like, where uh, and, like, this place's name in Japanese, it is the Tragedy Mausoleum Tamtara Graveyard. It's, that's not bad. That's good. That's that, that that's mm. an amazing name.
0: Okay, oh, so yeah. when, like, when the husband's head is floating, does he have entrails under him, or is he just a
2: head? It's basically... T- it's basically like an Iron Man, but with the dude's head instead of the big eye body thing.
0: Okay, because I I was thinking of a Southeast Asian demon called the Krausu. This is a mm. woman's head that floats in the air, and underneath the neck is all the internal organs just hanging there. And mm. this thing flies through the air, Ugh. and it, it eats babies. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. It's awesome. I don't I don't think Final Fantasy XIV is going to do that though.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think might be too gross for the game to handle.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know why my thought went to that. Anyway. Uh, is, that, uh, is that all the good Final Fantasy fourteen stuff?
2: I uh, mean, there, there's that one... the one bit uh, early in Shadowbringers where you see, like, someone... someone fall to the light like, corruption and turn into the... Uh, Turn into a sin eater, and and that sequence is really good body horror. Like the... it, it, it is fucking disgusting and unsettling, and and it's great.
0: The big fat guy from uh, the Final Fantasy XIV expansion that turns into like an angel thing. I always thought that guy was scary.
2: Oh yeah, that 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 was Vorfrey uh, slash Innocence. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's there's th- that guy's not right. Also, fat phobia is probably not great, but that the design yeah, like, of that entire guy. Guide... You know,
2: like, also, I think part of the part of the horror in that thing is sort of uh, abated by the comedy because, like, they do play this "he's a fat fuck for all it's worth."
0: Yeah, that that's probably not great. Um, yeah, there, there is something kind of interesting about a creature that's supposed to be purity that's also so grotesquely gluttonous. But mm. I I don't know if I'm about that anymore. Uh, so we skipped 13 because uh, it has the same horror element as 16 which is crystal zombies roughly the same concept used the exact same way Uh, the gods hate you and and... none of
2: them are really that scary
0: yeah it's kind of scary in 13 too when you run into the big giant one that's like a super hard Mm -hmm. boss in the middle of the city Uh, but that that's also extremely annoying because that segment has like random encounters every 10
2: seconds that you can't run away from. No, no, it is awful.
0: Um, and uh, 15, of course, has the caves, which are, you know, a showcase of the Crystal Tools lighting system and has a lot of... I um, think, yeah.
1: I think the most unsettling thing in 15, like in all of 15, is probably Arden's backstory and anything related to Arden. Like,
0: yeah, you he know, was you see... A... Bi- He was like a sin-eater that then got corrupted by all the sin he ate and then
1: became... Yeah, yeah. effectively, yeah. He He was effectively Jesus Christ of his time. And then because, you know, he absorbed all the sin that God said, Oh, you're cursed, you can't do X, Y, Z. And then you see scenes of him, like, you know, held up in chains for, like, thousands of years, right? And then obviously he comes back looking for revenge because, you know, why wouldn't you at that point? but yeah. like so that's the most like the most like quote unquote horror elements to that series are probably related to Arden uh,
0: also chapter 13 apparently is full of jump scares not that I ever
2: got that far in that game
1: I but did they, get that, that far
2: that is and... the Niflheim bit and like um any sort everyone of horror that the is abated by the fact that the chapter fucking sucks yeah
1: everyone, um, hate, everyone hated that chapter like like 15 on its at the time of release was quite divisive not so much as 13 but it was still quite divisive right and even the most ardent defenders of 15 would say yeah that chapter sucked we don't we don't talk about that chapter you know is that the one they patched to change entirely because they did that's
0: the
2: one where you have the option to uh to to play as gladio and uh and just roll through a segment and like skip the self section, yeah.
1: Wow. Yep, yep. Because they realized that.
2: And, and even then, like they also like buffed the only weapon that Noctis has during the the stealth section to be massively OP.
1: Yeah, with fifteen, it, they really wanted to like fix that game after it released. And... Like
2: I said, the. the one of the few pieces of work that managed to be focus tested to death after it was released.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's definitely a curious case. Should have been a musical. So, <laughs> so 16 crystal zombies?
0: Yes, there are crystal zombies in that game. God hates you and uh, will turn you into a crystal zombie. Also, the world is dying because of a crystal plague in a sort of environment. Whoa, environmental... spoilers! This is not really a it's... spoiler, that we okay. immediately. I'm God okay. hating you uh, is a spoiler it, it, but not really a spoiler for the genre. Some kind of uh, Like the the 14
2: yeah. uh, 16 crossover is going to be so fun when, when Clive arrives on the uh, on the and realizes that like the main method of transportation across the world is just like zipping through, zipping between giant magic crystals. He's <laughs> like Clive's I have to I've to... lose his fucking mind.
0: I want to see him like swinging his sword trying to break him. I have to shatter these. I hate these fucking so, things.
1: what other games do we have to cover? Uh, Tactics has that scene where you fight Jabba the Hutt.
0: With a, yeah, Oogie Boogie with a mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah!
0: Well, that's another game where Jesus is evil. Because, uh, Santa mm. is actually the Antichrist. And the Christ at the same yeah, time. Yeah,
1: Antichrist, that's right.
0: Antichrist and Christ. What a what a fascinating concept. Uh, also, the entire airship graveyard, the final dungeon of that game, is just full of spooky things.
1: I had I have a question that I want to yeah. ask related to that, but it should probably be off the podcast, so I'll ask after the podcast. Okay. Yeah.
0: I am thinking of something almost like a thesis. So so bear bear with my mind working right now. So. Okay. RPGs like role playing games, the games we love to play are. You know, they are combat systems that are meant to simulate stories. That's what makes them interesting right. is how, you know, the actual plot can be reflected in the combat. Or, you know, sometimes combat will devolve into a story scene and all that sort of stuff. Uh, this is something 16 does not do well because it just cannot tell plot in its combat because every combat encounter is exactly the same. Um, another problem with 13, actually. But, uh, trying to do horror in an RPG is a particularly difficult concept, especially the way they do with Final Fantasy, because, you know, resource limitations are not a thing in these games. And they really try not to do that. And that's sort of the core to many horror games, is, like, you have six bullets and you have to kill five zombies, so you better not miss.
1: Yeah, yeah, The Last of Us.
0: So there actually was a very famous horror RPG called, uh, what was it called on the nes uh sweet home which i've never played but i understand that one has permadeath and things like that so that's the sort of thing that if you want to go and simulate horror in an rpg segment you'd have to do something like that and just having one level in a final fantasy game sort of can't work unless you really restrict how the game is played which is why I think the most effective horror segment in all of Final Fantasy might actually be the Ragnarok in Final Fantasy VIII, where you have oh, all okay. aliens. And you have, oh, like, okay. you only have two characters, and I think, what's the restriction there? There was some weird thing about how you have to play. I forget what it is. Well, I just remember uh, it was, using It's
2: like that you had to, like, take them out in, in pairs, or they could... Make well, a they comeback. could come like revive themselves
0: yes 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 that was it so Oh, well, i remember it
1: now and you're right you're right yeah i was i was gonna give a different answer but now your answer is correct
0: thank you some comments because i i was not i was never going to remember what exactly was weird about it but you have to kill like orange and orange at the same time yeah
1: yeah, yeah and a lot of people I'm... did it where they did they did renoa's limit break which means they would have to keep renoa at like really low health so oh, a lot of people no. like made made the game dangerous for themselves just so that Renoa could spam Meteor And that's how they got through that segment.
0: Those enemies were legitimately tough for the level they were at. Oh yeah. Unless you're oh, completely cheesing the game like, you know, Blood High Winter did. Yeah. I think I did yeah, have like, a game I, over. I... Yes, uh,
2: go on. Yeah. Like yeah, I do agree with you on on your central point. Like the genre is made in such a way that the the only way you can really have an effective horror thing is to either change the rules to to make that segment different from the rest of the game or just go with it for the whole game. And, like, that's definitely a possible route. I think the modern example would be the uh, Fear and Hunger series. Uh, 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 horror RPGs that do a, seem to sell that quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's hard to just have a horror moment in an RPG just as full.
1: Yeah, well, so my answer was actually going to be the train graveyard from Final Fantasy VII Remake, where I legit remember playing through that and being super unsettled. And that's, you know, I think it's because the voice actors were selling it super well, but how, you know, you would have, like, the little, like, whooshing sound occasionally come on when there was, like, text being shown up, and it legit, like... That was the only time I've ever been, like, reasonably on edge. But, you know, like you were saying, as soon as you get into a fight, there's nothing remotely terrifying about it whatsoever it, because it, you're it, strong and powerful seven, as anything. The other problem with
2: Seven Remakes Ghosts is that I find that, you know, the Time Ghosts is more unsettling than the Ghost Ghosts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 well, that too, that too, right? But in the case of the Train Graveyard, I feel like... You know, I still, to this day, will say that 7 Remake was an overall fantastic game. Mm. But the Train Graveyard seems like... It seems like they were like, we have this level in the original, so we may as well expand on it. Mm. But I don't see any, like, point to it. Because the only time Train Graveyard has ever been lore-relevant in any capacity was actually in a novel they released, right? Train Graveyard is completely irrelevant and they did nothing in Seven Remake to make it more relevant. It was just, well they go here and this is a level in the first game, so we may as well add XYZ to it. But it didn't feel like anything yeah. they added to it was consequential.
2: Yeah, no, shut the mayor effect, story in Darren Cole's are dying. Well it's yeah. like
0: that's what you know, nineties RPGs would do. It's like we're gonna go and experiment in every single genre we can. Live is like, one of the best examples of this, which also has an alien segment. It's like, all right, we're going to have cowboys and horror at one point, and that's what Seven does.
2: Oh, yeah. Live Alive's horror segment does work very, fairly well for, like, that compartmentalized uh, reason, because, yeah, Live Alive is basically eight different games in one. Also, mm. Techno, <laughs> if
0: Seven remakes horror specifically freaks you out, like the train graveyard the way they did it i would look into a lot of j horror movies from the early 2000s like the grudge mm, or yeah i or uh i just Kyro. i can't
1: do horror like you know i'm i'm very squeamish about horror okay. i suck at it like so um it I, I wouldn't say it freaked me out but it was the only time i ever felt like oh shit, what's gonna pop out of this you know but then, of course, as soon as something does pop out, you destroy it in like three seconds because the game doesn't make you any weaker and you're still just as powerful as anything and the enemies aren't that strong. Mm-hmm. But I just think they were—they were, did a really good job of the atmosphere of it to what I felt like was a pointless segment. You know, I feel like if the original Final Fantasy VII, you just got out of the sewers and you were right there in Sector 7, we wouldn't have even had a train graveyard section like it was just we have these two screens in the original we may as well do something with it but it just felt pointless
0: let's make a random encounter a boss cuz it's a ghost yeah
1: yeah yeah which which was a super you know i cuz i remember playing through that and thinking oh how is that motherfucker not showing up yet you know how have i not stolen my weapon and of course you know it showed up and then i stole my weapon so i'm like okay i'm satisfied oh my god what is Yeah. Second, we're Go forgetting
0: on. the scariest part of final fantasy 7 by far the scariest part it's in this same, i think i know this, what you're talking about do you, you do know what i'm talking about some you figured out what i'm talking about it's in this part of the game um yeah Uh, i i am terrified of it in my walkthrough actually there's two things but specifically in the midgar section yep yeah. it is deeply disturbing
2: is it Don Corneo related?
0: No, that's disturbing more on a level of I need to take a shower. I, I mean more like a fun, oh my god, what the hell's happening here?
1: Well, it is it is Don Corneo related in 7 Remake. Oh yes, I guess it is. It's... Yeah. But not not
0: related to Don Corneo as a sexual freak. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah or a bad yeah, yeah. thing. No, it's just like, why is this thing here trying to kill me? And oh my god, what the fuck happened after I hit it enough times?
1: But also, oh my god, this is
0: beautiful.
2: From Seven Remake. Yep. Yes.
1: Say it with me, everybody.
0: One, two, three. Hell Hell hell. house. house. We did. Oh,
1: that shit was fucking incredible. We did not sync up in any way at all. But (laughs) fine. No, we didn't. But it doesn't matter because that, like, yeah, everyone, everyone who's played either version of Seven, that will be one of the most memorable parts of it. Because that boss, that enemy design, was just, like... I, I don't know what, like, what crack pipe they were smoking when they made it. But I'm still, I'm <laughs> so glad that they made it. Like, you know, it was just fucking amazing, man.
2: Well, so alright, The let me... enemy design is actually so good. And, you know, Rebirth, oh,
1: we're going yeah. to
2: see a whole lot more of it. They're going yep. to have to adapt the Triceratops with tank treads. Yep.
1: oh i'm so excited oh my god it's no i'm so glad you reminded me of that because holy shit i was so excited man just to remind
0: everyone if you haven't played seven or (laughs) remake hell house is just a house it's a random encounter and you see a dilapidated looking house there (laughs) and it is actually one of the most it's one of the most difficult random enemies in the game at that point because it could i think it's like one shot Aerith. Yeah, um... so,
1: like, in- in 7 OG, right, you know, you just- you randomly- the flash will come up, like, dun- 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 dun-, dun, please, please, dun and then a house will show up. Is... And you're just like, wait, what? Like, what the fuck is this? And then you start- and it doesn't- it has very slow- it's very slow. So it doesn't hit you or anything, you're just hitting it, and you're just confused the whole time. And then all of a sudden, it throws a fucking rocket at you, and now Aerith's dead. And you're like, what?! Yeah. Like, yeah, that is, it's, the, the, it's, it's like, like, what that the fuck?! Exploding, and it's grown limbs and a skull. <laughs> yeah. Right, and it's like, what?! Fucking incredible! And, yeah. and in 7 Remake, they actually do a really good job of kind of mimicking that experience in a way, because when it, got, when it shows up, Cloud says, it's just a house. Like he's so confused. But then, as the boss fight comes on, they do all of that, right? But seven remake do- it, it. also does it super differently because this time they make it an actual boss battle and also one that's extremely fucking difficult. What I don't like. So about... they make it memorable in different ways.
0: Sorry, Tacna. What I don't like about Hell House in Seven Remake is that he's somehow or another been captured by Don Corneo. Where I think Hell House should be a free demon to wander around under nobody's control. And in fact, entirely incomprehensible and terrifying to all. Oh, that's fair.
1: Not just something they throw in the
0: gladiator arena. Though it is, it's still inexplicable and horrifying.
1: It's totally fair. But I I, I get why they made it a boss battle this time. And that was probably the only reasonable way to do it. But... Even still, like, you know,
0: it's terrifying. They could
1: man. have easily caught. They could have easily caught that enemy completely, and I'm just glad they didn't. Okay.
2: Anyway, you can tell Ever Crisis sucks because it does skip Hell House.
1: It oh. skips Hell House, man. Oh, yeah, no, it's no. it's worse than. It's worse than skipping Hell House. They skip like they skip a bunch of enemies that were unique to those segments, and just say, "Hey, here's a bunch of Shinra people to show up," and it's no. just like. I'm sad oh. now. Yeah,
2: like, like, it's, it's still like the bit where you have to get the dress and instead of doing anything fun, it's like one of those, uh, one of those Coliseum guys shows up and like, hey, hey, can you do me a favor? I'll help you get a dress. And, and you just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, um, it's some so generic enemies and then you have so the to dress.
1: Shit. It's depressing. All right. They did, the, they did my boy dirty.
0: Well, I am feeling uh, kind of tired at this point so I'm do we feel like wrapping up or do we have more on this topic yeah we'll ha-
1: we'll wrap up right with the final question which yeah. I posed to the group right okay. Halloween yep your your budget is unlimited okay you know you your everything is unlimited basically except the only limit is your imagination uh-huh. you, you're going out on a Halloween night out which final fantasy pl- character are you cosplaying?
0: Okay, I am going to be Hell House. Okay. <laughs> Obviously this is highly impractical if it's a party in a house, because I will be as large as the house itself and thus will not be able to walk around to get drinks or mingle or eat chips. But uh <laughs> I it is the most terrifying thing I can think
1: of. Yep. Alright, some call on mage.
2: Uh, well, let's see, Hell House is already taken, so I gotta <laughs> think of, uh, you know, what else is scary and very impractical to dress up as. Um, you don't
0: need to be impractical, just maybe you could think of something that could serve actual practical purposes.
2: I. I... <laughs> um. We could suggest one so for you. It's... Go on.
0: Okay. I think you should be a. Oh, you should be a Stenian. a Stenian, but wet.
1: Hey. There you go. Let's do it, man. Okay. Uh. I am going to. So my normal answer for who my dream Final Fantasy cosplay would be would be Orin. In most cases, I Not think Tifa? I could pull it off. No. I mean, I couldn't pull off T. I man. I could pull off Oran, I think I got the muscles for it. Mm-hmm. Right, I could pull off Sabin, same, same reason. I uh, love those characters. But um, instead, Budget Unlimited, everything Unlimited except for my imagination, I am going to be all of Dancing Mad. Not just oh, Kafka. <laughs> Not just Kafka. I'm going to be the whole Dancing Mad, the whole tower. That's my cosplay
0: all right so are you every single individual part you have all those heads or you have one head every, in every single part all right, all right so you have to genetically engineer
1: yourself to be dancing pad as well i genetically engineer myself or i use puppets or whatever the fuck i use right but i'm kafka at the top and i'm the whole tower beneath okay i think that's our podcast title now <laughs> <laughs>
0: all
1: right okay
0: I'm going to make a note of that, and I think we should probably, uh, we could wrap up there. Uh, next month will be November, and we'll come up with something. Maybe we'll finally have to watch that Final Fantasy X, uh, I've been, I've been threatening doing it for a while, but I just can't find the energy to do so. The Final Fantasy X, uh, you know, opera play in Japan, whatever the theater title thing was called, uh, I suddenly got really tired at some point. I don't know when. It just hits all at once for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. Uh, so, Kabuki. The Final Fantasy X Kabuki theater thing.
2: Right. Yeah, that's
0: the one. It's three and a half hours long. We have to find the time. It's hard to do when everyone's in their 30s or in tech news. I mean, if, if, you
1: can, if you can watch an NFL game, you can watch... A Kabuki theater game. They're speaking, about the same
0: length. Like. Speaking of horror, the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Alright. So. The Cowboys too, man. No, Depressing. what are you talking about? The Cowboys are like
1: 4-2, and two, right? Well, fuck. Yeah, I mean, something like that. But like, you know, our all, all game against the, the fifth, 69ers was fucking embarrassing. The 49ers, whatever the fuck they're called. I haven't been 60. following the sport that long. Yeah, know, yeah. But you look, the, fucking, the San Francisco guys, they they yeah. fucking battered us. Yeah, you got beaten by
0: one of the best teams in the league. The Broncos very nearly lost to the Bears and did lose to the Jets. And did Uh-oh. lose to the Raiders. And did lose to the Commanders. So, yeah, um, they're going to play the Chiefs tomorrow and hopefully will not be beaten for the 17th straight time by their division rivals. All right, so the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast is... Uh, you know the podcast that we work on how do i end these things again uh, With, oh yeah, uh I, you
1: talk about la montana de los cabellos or something right oh yeah yeah so
0: uh, yeah the wiki music is la Montanos de los Cabe- Caballeros jovenes de los Caballeros yeah. jovenes yes yes uh which is by expert novice off the oc remix balance and ruin soundtrack thank you for letting us use your music Uh, You can find this wiki at finalfantasy.fandom.com Yes! Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This show is hosted by Blue Highland and produced by Blue Highland. Any sound quality issues, uh, you can go and bring them to your nearest sewer grate. Just scream your complaints into the sewer grate. I will get them, and I will understand and apologize. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, that's my welcome to Night Vale joke for you to go and end this podcast. Thank you all. I'm going to go to sleep.